Hi, I'm Greta. Hi, I'm Millie. And you're listening to The Books We Meet in the Library. A bookish podcast about reading and the book community. Millie, what are you currently reading? So I'm in between a lot of books. I'm currently reading The Sweet Spot by Amy Papel and How Long Till Black Future Month by N.K. Jemisin. So The Sweet Spot is a adult contemporary book with a little bit of romance in it. I haven't gotten to the romance part, so I'm not sure exactly how much of it is oh, there. No. <laughs> but I'm liking it so far, even though it's just like the contemporary aspect. Um, I just That's thought good. I thought it was going to be romance because the cover is like very red and pink coated. And then oh, also okay, it was okay. supposed to have been published last year on Valentine's Day. So I thought it was a romance romance and it's not, but it's okay. okay. I'm still enjoying it. And then I'm also reading How Long Till Black Future Month, which is a collection of short Mm -hmm. stories. And I have had some difficulty with short stories in the past, but it's by N.K. Jemisin and I love her as an author. So, so far I've been reading the first like two or three stories and I've been liking them. So high hopes. So Greta, what are you currently reading? I am still reading I'm a Fan by Sheena Patel, um, but that is going to go in the back burner because Miss Allie Hazelwood just released her new book. It literally came out the day we're recording this. No, yesterday. Um, And it is called Bride. I'm sure everybody and their mom has heard about it. It is a vampire werewolf romance story that has to do with the Omegaverse. I know. I'm screaming. I'm screaming. I'm buddy reading it with um, my friend, the same friend that I read um, Love Theoretically with. I'm so excited for this one. This is going to be so much fun. I'm excited to hear your review on this book because it kind of sounds like my worst nightmare, uh, to be quite honest. Um, So I'm curious to see how you feel about it. I'm only 2% of the way in and I'm obsessed with this level of like unhinged like it's great like this is I've never read anything like the last time I read something like this was Ice Planet Barbarians and then before that it was like Twilight right so the anything that is even like like this level of imagination is already so impressive to me I'm gonna think it's amazing that's that's the most dangerous part because I don't read a lot of this genre. I don't read a lot of fantasy. You can give me hot garbage and I'll be like, wow, that was amazing. So. <laughs> okay, on my further agenda of getting yeah. you into Sarah J. Mouse, because apparently the bar is low for you. The bar is so low, but also so high. <laughs> Get this, I just know the smut. I literally, I haven't read any Goodread reviews. I haven't read anything. But I like got a glimpse of somewhere where it said he's got a dog dick. And I was like, I'm in. <laughs> Uh, I have no words, no words whatsoever, except for I cannot wait until you finish this book. Werewolf. I'm so excited. This is like, this is like the Edward and um, Jacob fanfic that I never got. I wish you guys could see the face that Millie just made. You're not presenting a more compelling argument. You're not making a more compelling argument for me. I'm so here for this. This is going to be so much fun. Okay, but today, today we're not talking about edward and jacob fanfic werewolf schlong these transitions are so unhinged today we are doing our first in our first um poetry poetry reading <laughs> and today so today we're talking about couplets by maggie 
Milner. Dun, dun, dun. So yes, it's our first time doing um, poetry, and it's like a collection of poetry to have like a very mm-hmm. um, like solid narrative. Um, and it's a short mm-hmm. book, so I felt like it was a pretty easy read and a pretty good like introduction yeah. um, to us like not only reading poetry but also reviewing poetry because um, this is our first time doing mm-hmm. it. So we're gonna stumble upon this journey together. Oh, this is gonna be so difficult. Yeah. <laughs> The first big hurdle we have to jump over is the Kopile rating. Ah, uh, yes. So the Kopile rating is a uh, book review rating system created by G from Book Roast. And it is comprised of seven different categories. You rate them from one through ten, add them up, divide by seven, you get your average, and that's going to help you determine your star rating. So the Kopile stands for character, atmosphere, writing, plot, intrigue logic and enjoyment so once again we have been reading this book separately we have not shared any of our thoughts with each other um except for greta just like watching my facial expressions um as we're like putting in our scores and (laughs) i have a feeling my prediction is that i feel like we are gonna have like completely different ratings okay like, sometimes I feel like, no, I think we're going to rate the same. But for this one, I feel like we're going to have, like, completely different ratings. Maybe the same average, but, like, all of the different, like, categories will be different. Ooh, interesting. That's actually, the fact that you said the same average, but different ratings within each category, that's, I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Are we ready? I'm yes. so scared. So, like, other books in the past we've kind of like chatted about them um like millie when we were reading um a song for the wild build could because millie had already read it i was incredibly vocal about like how much i liked it or some parts that were like a little bit iffy so she kind of knew going in and if you follow us on instagram then you saw the screenshots of mill that millie the text messages that millie sent me whenever she was reading love theoretically i was dead I was deceased. Exactly. So, but this, we have not discussed it at all because we had four days to read it before we started recording. It's been aggressive. (sighs) I'm nervous. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Me too. (laughs) All right. So for number one, uh, we have the first category, which is characters. So Greta, what did you put for character? I gave my character rating an eight. Millie? Okay. Um, I gave mine a six. Okay. 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 We're still, we're still okay. We're like in the same house, but different rooms. Got it. Um, yes. okay. okay. Second one for atmosphere. Greta, what did you give it? I gave my atmosphere a nine. All right. I gave atmosphere a seven. Okay. Okay. We're getting farther away. <laughs> All right. The call is not coming from inside the house anymore. (laughs) All right. For writing, um, what did you give it? I gave it a seven. Okay. I also gave it a seven. Oh, thank God. Yeah. We we like lapsed in one thing. Yeah. We're back. We're back. Okay. The signal is strong again. Okay. Okay. For plot, for plot, what did you give it? I gave it an eight. (laughs) I gave it a five. Okay. Never mind. We've both left the farm. We're driving in opposite directions. 
I'm sorry. I can't. That is so funny. Because <laughs> this book really has no plot. <laughs> in, in your defense, this book has no plot. It's just vibes. The five was a generous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh-huh. Intrigue. What'd you give it? I gave it a nine. Bitch, are you serious? I gave it yeah. a four. I wanted to know what happened. I gave it okay. a four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never mind. These ratings are going to be completely different. The averages are going to be completely be different. So funny. Oh. oh my god, this is going to be so funny. All right. Whew. Okay. Logic. Logic. Okay. Uh, what'd you give it? <laughs> Great. I love going first. I gave it an eight. Um, I gave it a six. Okay. Okay. That 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 makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Enjoyment. <laughs> Last but not least. I'm gonna laugh at this entire episode. I was so sorry. <laughs> Okay, enjoyment. I gave it an eight. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please do not be surprised when I say my enjoyment was a three. Okay, did I just give you your least favorite book of the year? Uh, potentially. I mean, granted. Am I two for two? <laughs> okay, granted. All of these ratings added up literally is a 5.42, which on the Call Paul rating system is still a three star. Oh my God. Right? And I was like, I thought this book was going to be like a two star rating. And I was just like, it's a three. I was like, OK, um, I think it's because like I rated atmosphere and writing kind of high. Yeah. Yeah. But that like they really didn't have any fault. And so it's just like I feel like it's a three star. Like it's a very low three star. It's very average. OK. OK. And I got a 8.14 which is a four star but it's a low like to middle middle to low four star so we're kind of on par with each other which is incredibly odd i know like it's not actually that far off it seemed like we were more far off because of how drastic (laughs) some of our ratings were but the math is apparently mathing um in the sense that we're actually not that far away. Your three is very jarring. I think that might be it. Did I do my math right? This can't be. <laughs> <laughs> we got to check the math, people. <laughs> Maybe the math isn't mathing. I did it twice, okay? So I'm pretty sure I'm fairly confident with my average rating. In the meantime, well, Greta figures out her life. Yeah, no, that's correct. It is? Yeah. Oh, God. Why does it feel so wrong? That's crazy. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Moving on to content warnings. Um, there is uh, some content warnings for this book. So do be, do be warned going into it if you're sensitive to any of these topics. They do talk about um, a lot of sexual content that is very graphic. Um, we do touch on mental illness and we touch on infidelity. That is, I will mention the sexual content is incredibly graphic and there's quite a bit of it. So much so that I was reading it on my Kindle and I got some of the chapters done while at work and I was like, I cannot be reading this here. And I had to put my Kindle away. I was so scared somebody was going to peek over my shoulder. The current Goodreads rating actually pretty accurately reflects, I think, between us so it's a 3.81 so it's a little bit closer to your rating than mine Mm -hmm. um but overall i think people felt kind of average a little bit above average about this book yeah 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 yeah. i think like i i was gonna say i think the good read rate good reads rating god that is a tongue twister um is very um kind of 
it, it's it's true to the book. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we ready for this synopsis? I, my, I should add, this is one of the longest synopsis I have seen. For one of the shortest books. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of insane. All right, let's do this. A woman lives an ordinary life in Brooklyn. She has a boyfriend. They share a cat. She writes poems in a prevailing style. She also has dreams of being seduced by a throng of older women, of kissing a friend in a dorm room closet. But the dreams are private, not real. One night, she meets a woman at a bar, and an escape hatch swings open in the floor of her life. She falls into a consuming affair, into queerness, polyamory, kink, power, and loss, humiliation, and freedom, and an enormous surge of desire that lets her leave herself behind. Maggie Milner's captivative, seductive debut is a love story and poem that explores obsession, gender identity, and the art and act of literary transformation. In rhyming couplets and prose vignettes, couplets chronicles the the stricter's structures, pitfalls of relationships, the mirroring, the pleasing, the small jealousies and disappointments, and how the people we love can show us who we truly are. Okay, this synopsis was an absolute pain in the butt to read. (laughs) I didn't like the synopsis. It's so confusing. I didn't like the synopsis either. I feel like it tried to put a lot of things in there. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, and it also was kind of confusing because it led me to think that, like, different things were going to happen in this book than what actually happened. (laughs) So. Okay, so then why don't we start there? Um, What were your expectations? What did you think going into the book? I mean, I knew that this was a book about queer identity so i had a Mm -hmm. feeling that it was going to be like our main character who has her first like female female romance and kind of like exploring that whole world of being queer like it's talking about how she had an ordinary life with a Mm -hmm. boyfriend so she was like very much on the hetero straight lane and then all of a sudden has entered like the queer rainbow and so i felt like it was just going to be an entire conversation on what it's like to be queer and and entering the queer space for the first time. Um, But this really was more Mm -hmm. of just like a diary entry of her first female relationship, which sounds like I'm saying the same thing, but it's not. (laughs) I had the exact same thought almost. Um, Whenever you think, okay, so again, I got, I came across this book, one, because the title, the cover art is so cute, and also because Jack Edwards um, on YouTube, he talked about this book, and I was like, oh, this sounds kind of interesting, it sounds like something I'd be into, Um, check it out, it's about romance, modern age, and queer identities, cool. Um, Whenever you think, oh, I'm going to be reading poetry, you don't think it's going to really have that, 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 like, strong of a narrative, but you said that I felt you said that it was like somebody's diary you're a hundred percent right I literally got the exact same vibe it felt like I was reading someone's diary and that's not a bad thing but also not a good thing I think no I think for me the the big thing that I think kind of steered me to have like not a negative but like disappointing reaction to this book is that Mm -hmm. I thought it was gonna be more I guess messaging and talking about symbolicness like within the queer community and kind of really Mm. being more of a commentary on that but this was more of like a personal narrative a personal memoir so it wasn't about 
the overarching queer community or queer identity. It was just about this one specific person's introduction um, into her first female relationship. And so it was, the scope was just more narrow. And I thought it was going to be really Mm -hmm. wide. And so I guess I was a little disappointed by that. I totally get that. Um, I do think that having one author um, who has, who like identifies as something, um, write a poetry collection about a bunch of identities and how a bunch of queer, um, like to try to like write about the entire queer experience, it would be literally impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think it was going to touch into that and like touch into different different aspects but it really just focuses on one like if like this entire book kind of spans i want to say what two three years maybe it feels like a lot longer but i think it was only supposed to be a year but it definitely felt like multiple years right yeah it spans such a short like the story in and of itself spans such a short amount of time or can happen in such a short amount of time. But I guess whenever you're in in it, it can feel literally eternal. Are we ready to get into the summary and yes. stop talking in vague, <laughs> vague terms? Yes, um, we forgot to mention this before, but this is a complete spoiler cover to cover review. So if you haven't read this book and don't want to be spoiled on the plot of this book, uh, go read the book. It'll take you a couple hours and then come back. Um, this book is split up into four different parts and each one is labeled like book one, book two, book three, and book four. Um, I have given these books titles um, in order to distinguish these parts because I needed it for my little brain. So uh, just to also add some context behind our different reading experiences, we both read ebook copies of this. So we were reading with our eyes, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I read 70% of it in one day. So I was reading like in a span of two hours, I finished 70% of it. And then the next day I was like, oh yeah, I got to finish this book. So I just finished like the other 30%. Um, So when I was reading it, a lot of it got mushed together in my head. And so I don't have very distinct um, opinions of each book because I basically read them back to back. Um, But Greta, I know your reading experience was a little different than mine. You read it more spaced out. Yeah, I read like a book a day, I would say. Um, yeah, that's pretty much how I went. Um, each book section, I guess, took me roughly 30 minutes to get through. Um, and I had some time in between to kind of sit and marinate and kind of sit with it, which is how I recommend consuming this book if you are looking to enjoy something. (laughs) Because, um, a lot of the writing, because it's poetry, I feel... Honestly, the fact that it's poetry might be like an escape goat for a lot of the problems that there might be in the book. This book is very repetitive. There's a lot of um, kind of it's a, it's an obsessed. There's a, there is an obsessive nature to it. Um, and I can also imagine how that repetitive nature um, in and of itself can make this book kind of mush together. So I would highly suggest reading it a chunk at a time instead of all out, all in one go. I agree with that because um, I kind of wish I did that so I can have each part be more distinguished and also not like kind of Mm. burn out by this book so quickly. All right. So let's jump into it. Um, I'll go ahead and start with book one, which I have titled We Are Hetero. Um, Because at the beginning (laughs) of this book, (laughs) she is straight or so she thinks. By the way, we don't actually have a character name. She's just known at she doesn't have 
a name ever in the story. We just know her as like the main character or the narrator or the protagonist. So we're going to use those words interchangeably as we talk about our female character. Um, all right. So our main female character is in a relationship with a man at the beginning of this story. And she confesses to him that she kind of likes women as well and wants to be in an open relationship. And he initially agrees. So our protagonist um, compares relationships by the concept of standing in front of a mirror and not really seeing oneself, but only seeing your partner, uh, which is a very interesting way to view a relationship. Um, So like I mentioned, the boyfriend initially agreed on this open relationship arrangement and then changes his mind because he no longer feels comfortable with the idea. So the protagonist is kind of stuck between the choice of, well, do I continue in this hetero relationship or do I leave my boyfriend and start having relationships with females? So she chooses the second option. So she starts seeing this one girl um, that she meets at a bar. And um, this girlfriend is part of the poly community and has other girlfriends. And our protagonist struggles with being in a non-monogamous relationship for the first time, as well as a queer one. So the protagonist is kind of going a little bit back and forth in the first part because she's longing for the comfort of having that stable relationship that she had with her ex-boyfriend, but also knowing that that's not what she really wanted because she wanted that with a female instead. All right. So part two, Millie has very correctly titled We Are Queer. (laughs) The protagonist is now only seeing um, her girlfriend, but is once again struggling with not being the only partner. We learn that the girlfriend has other girlfriends and those girlfriends have other boyfriends and other girlfriends. This part of the book was so messy. I was like, yes, give me all the relationship tea. I love it. Um, This is also where the book starts to get incredibly graphic and we get some very you don't get we don't get like any there's no sex on paper but it's just very graphic descriptions of sex um and all the happenings and whereabouts (laughs) that that was a great way of putting it that i just wow i'm proud of myself for that one um the protagonist comes to a point where they can no they can no longer do it anymore do it meaning being in a polyamorous relationship and they break up now the next couple sections i guess of the book are a whole lot of longing reminiscing on her ex-boyfriend and also reminiscing on um their just failed relationship um the protagonist actually starts to go on dates with other people who aren't quote-unquote her or him um they go on dating apps and they struggle to separate the new people they are dating from their exes constantly kind of comparing them there there's a part where um the narrator kind of talks about how it's nice to be with like these dating app people here and there just little like touch and go moments but it's never they never really find anything else this all kind of changes when the ex-girlfriend's dad is being being given some award and she invites our protagonist to go with her um they end up hooking up and they end up getting back together dun 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 so now we are on to book three accurately titled we are toxic um because now we're getting into the messy part of this relationship 
Um, so by her getting back together with her ex-girlfriend, ex-girlfriend has decided the only way for us to be together is your boundary of monogamy. Um, so this relationship is an absolute mess because the girlfriend really struggles um, with monogamy because she's so used to the poly lifestyle. And the protagonist is constantly picking fights and begins to see how her former relationship is affecting her current one. Um, she still basically doesn't trust her, her girlfriend and is still constantly looking for that constant stream of validation. Uh, so one of the lines mentioned in this part is actually pretty important to representing all of this. Um, the two people I'm dating are now dating each other through me. Um, so each conversation basically ends in an argument. They're just constantly fighting all the time. Um, the protagonist is actively picking fights at this point because that's the only time that she feels like she's actually getting attention from her girlfriend. So this relationship is quickly falling apart. And now we're on to the last and final part of the book, and that is book four, which again, <laughs> Millie did an excellent job titling We Are Sad. Um, this entire book, this entire, yeah, I guess book part of the book, um, our protagonist is reminiscing about the relationship with her ex, where where they once lived and how easy everything was while still actively knowing that even even though it was good back then, she still struggled with the fact that um, she wanted to be seeing women. Um, the protagonist once again starts to see themselves in their reflection um, and is now in the process of reclaiming reclaiming their own life um and the book kind of ends in this um quote is um love found me twice at once if it never happens again i'm i'll still be luckier than the moon and our book kind of comes to an end with the protagonist coming to realization that things might just kind of happen for a reason even if they are kind of mundane um that's how Millie and I kind of interpreted the ending. Um, and that is the entire book. It's very short. So, um, yeah, while reading this book, it was a little confusing at times. And I don't know if okay. it was the narrative or it was like the poetry aspect mm -hmm. of it that was confusing me. But there was a lot of parts where I had to like read back at the beginning of the mm -hmm. page to be like, what exactly is happening? Um, and I think that the poetry especially like the couplets kind of confused me a little bit like they were distracting almost from me following along with the narrative so I think overall I just kind of had a difficult time reading this book and following along with what actually was happening as like the plot of this book and so it was just like I was so focused on the plot that then I couldn't appreciate the artistic style of the poetry so ultimately I just don't think this book worked for me that well okay um well here let me let let me let's discuss let me talk about what a couplet is because i just had to look it up <laughs> it's also in the poetry. title of the book yeah no it's the title of the book but um in poetry a couplet is a pair of selective li lines that rhyme and have the same meter a couplet may be formal closed or run on open um in a formal couplet in a formal closed couplet each of the two lines is end stopped implying that there is a grammatical pause at the end of the line of of a line of verse um 
to be completely honest and frank with you, to me, this read less like a poetry and more like an essay or a like slice of life. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know. Whenever I read poetry, I'm used to a lot of rhyming and I didn't pick up on any of the couplets if I'm being completely frank. That might be because one, I'm not used to reading poetry and I'm not used to looking out for this. And I was way more enthralled in the plot and where it was going. Yeah, I can agree with that because in the beginning, I felt like I was missing the poetry element because I was reading the first couple pages and like Mm -hmm. not really getting the poetic voice. And so I tried reading it out loud, but it was slowing me down so much because I was caught up with the rhythm or lack of rhythm because Mm -hmm. of those like random choppy stops. And so I was just like, it was confusing me even more. So I was like, I can't read this out loud. It's not working. Um, So I'm wondering if if we heard this as an audiobook, would that change the entire experience? Because we have somebody who is like professionally reading this and narrating mm. it with the right style and intonation and the right stops. And so we don't even have to worry about that. And we can like hear it for how it's supposed to sound and then appreciate it more. So I really think that it also was kind of a missed opportunity to not have this as an audiobook and instead have it as an ebook. That is such a good point that I did not even consider. Wow. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I actually need to get this as an audiobook now because <laughs> um I did check today when I realized that we were reading today, that we were doing um our podcast recording today. I was like, "Oh shit, I need to finish this book." So I actually finished it on my phone like um reading it through like the Libby app (laughs) but I did look for an audiobook on Spotify and they did not have it available Um, yeah I think so I made an attempt but yeah I think this book really is only available as an ebook or like a physical book but I couldn't find any audio version of it which is such a shame because like I think especially with poetry it'd be really nice to hear it audibly um, because then I, I, I wouldn't have to focus my brain power on trying to understand the poetry the proper way, but instead could just focus on like how the words sound and then also what's actually happening in the plot. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so because this is our first time kind of talking and analyzing poetry, um, <laughs> I actually had Millie look up poetry related questions. <laughs> I was because just I like, had no idea. Am I back in AP Lit again? I was just like, what? No, you literally are. Okay, so our speaker, a main character, um, were you able to grasp their voice or their personality? So honestly, it took me like halfway through reading the book to realize that like there were no names in this book. Girl, what? There were no, I, it took me like half the book because I was just like reading it. Uh, In my mind, I was following along, but then when I was thinking back to it, I was like, wait, what's the main character's name again? And then I was like, wait, there is no name. And I was like, oh, right. She's just referencing boyfriend and girlfriend and the girlfriend of the girlfriend and the boyfriend of the boyfriend, all that stuff, but never actually using any names throughout the entire thing. I was like, oh, great. There's no names. This this is going to add to my confusion. Really? I like that. Okay, it might be because the book I'm currently reading, I'm a fan, also has no names. And they refer to um, the person they're lusting after uh, as the man I love or the man I want to be with. Um, so to me, and also because I suck at remembering names, I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's boyfriend and that's girlfriend and that's the girlfriend's girlfriend. Perfect. I have no issues with that. Um, but... 
okay, so I was able to catch the um the personality of the main speaker right away. I liked them. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I was also able to catch on to their personality and I didn't like them. Okay. You know what? You know who they reminded me of? Who? Um Drew, um the female protagonist in You Again. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Right? She, she did. Okay, maybe it's because we also read it last time, but it kind of feels like a combination of that as as well as Rosie from the from Talking at Night yeah, that we just totally read. Right. Because I think yeah. it's just like the not the indecisiveness, but the whole like I'm not sure what I'm doing kind of like aloofness about it that mm-hmm. like I understand it's her first time in a queer relationship and she's still like navigating this very confusing time and things like that, but it's kind of one of those things where she was thrown not thrown she chose to be in a situation Mm -hmm, without mm -hmm. really analyzing what that meant and then being surprised um (laughs) (laughs) by what's going on but you know what i'll get to that part later because i have a bone to pick with this book but let's continue talking about the poetry aspect first before i go into my um rampage okay so um the next question we have how did you feel about the different poetry stylings Rhyming couplets and prose vignettes. Do you prefer one or the other? <laughs> I I like the prose vignettes more, just as a personal um, thing. Mm-hmm. However, it was really jarring and confusing having it be like majority rhyming couplets, and all of a sudden we get a random prose vignette. Um, it was a little bit jarring, and I'm not sure how I feel about the two being mixed. I kind of feel like it would have okay. been better if we just stuck to one over the other. Again, that's just mm-hmm. my personal preference. Um, I feel like if we stuck to one, it would have been a little bit repetitive for me. I did prefer the prose vignettes as well. I feel like a bit of the chaotic nature of the book where it kind of flashed forward and went forward. Like it flashed, it did flashbacks and then in present time um, and then a lot of longing and then in present time um, kind of added to the chaotic nature of this entire situation that the author or the narrator put themselves in. So I, I kind of enjoyed it. All right. And then the next part here is, did we have a preference towards any of the books or parts? Could we tell them apart, tone or mood wise? So for me, as we know, I couldn't really tell the books apart, but that was because I just try to read all of it at once. But looking back on it, reflecting back on the experience, Mm -hmm. I think the book that I enjoyed the most and hated the most was book two. But it's also the only one that I really had a reaction to and in the other books i was just kind of reading it but at least in book two i was like feeling something even though it was rage (laughs) it was rage yes yeah i guess um, i guess the reason why i could okay i guess the reason why i could tell these books apart um was because maybe i had a little bit more time to sit with them but um also because to me they just told like a breakup story and um if you've been listening to the podcast you know (laughs) if you you know know, you know (laughs) so i don't know i think that's maybe that's why i enjoyed it the book so much because i was able to um i was able to understand sympathize and i i could really um, i guess it would the word would be like reflect on um Every single time the character talked about longing for like a former relationship or longing for like how comfy things were in the past, um, 
I was like, okay, yeah, like I understand that feeling and I understand the feeling of like, oh, dating new people who aren't who aren't this person or this other person. Um, so I was able to kind of like reflect on that a lot, which was nice. And it's probably why I enjoyed it more than you did. I guess my favorite part was book three. Um, I don't know what it is, but the like fall apart, like the falling apart of the relationship and the protagonists kind of like desperate attempt of grasping for any attention whatsoever from their partner it just there's something so desperate about it and so just like longing that I am so fiercely attracted to um and I should probably go to therapy for that (laughs) but yeah let me migrate to my bonus question because um it is the bane of my existence okay how did we feel about the representation of the poly community in this book? The books we have been reading, when we read last year and this one, I don't think they do the poly community justice. No, no. And th- this is where the rage kicks in. Okay. okay. So as a reminder, book two is where she starts dating her girlfriend, who is part of the poly lifestyle, which means that she has other people that she dates. And the main character is also open to dating other people if she wants. But she doesn't want to because she prefers monogamy. And there's nothing wrong with that. However, there is a constant stigma on the poly community that makes it so that people feel like the poly lifestyle is not healthy because it's just full of people who are choosing that because they want to just be cheaters and get away with cheating. Or that it can't work and it doesn't work in a healthy way because there's jealousy and people are constantly jealous of other people when, in fact, the poly community can be healthy um, and it just takes a lot of work to have those boundaries. And you have to also have the mindset of being open to um, ethical non-monogamy. And so someone like our main character doesn't fit in the poly lifestyle. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because she's monogamous. I'm monogamous too. Um, And that's how I know that I probably wouldn't work well in the poly lifestyle. But I feel like having the main character be in this kind of situation with people who are clearly okay with this lifestyle and her struggling with it so much and having all of these jealousy issues. Yes, it's a real experience, but it's also just highlighting a negative stereotype that already exists. And so Mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of why I had such a problem with it, because I was like, I kind of wish this was an opportunity to talk about the community more and express the different nuances of it. But it was just like another representation of it, like it's been done in the media before in a really negative way. So I was just like frustrated with that missed opportunity. That's my soapbox. No, I totally get that. Um, In book two, which I believe you said was the book that most infuriated you, whenever our main character was talking about her girlfriend's girlfriends and the way that, oh, they were cheating on their partners. And there's no real way unless the protagonist knows for the for a fact that like the other partners are not in a consensual non-monogamous relationship, that that is occurring. It almost felt like they were just trying to slander the people that were all in like 
a poly relationship and that was i was like ooh why are you talking shit about like like i understand why um especially if they if they don't like it and they're not comfortable in it why you would want to like talk down like you're just talking shit about someone you know but it felt very pointed <laughs> at times did you pick up on that too yeah i did as well and that's why i didn't like that part yeah. because i felt like the girlfriend was reflecting healthy boundaries within her experience of dating multiple people because she's just like well i see you on certain days and i have another girlfriend that i see on other days and like i do stuff with you and i do stuff with them and i keep them separate like as a respect towards you and so Mm -hmm. and she was very open and honest and like full disclosure about everything and Mm -hmm. so i felt like the girlfriend in this situation was handling it appropriately and definitely mm-hmm. demonstrated that she's someone who can be a healthy participant in the poly lifestyle. And yeah, it could just be like a learning moment for our main character that that's just not the life for her. But then instead of being like, I like this person, but I don't agree with this lifestyle. It's not for me. I need to move on. That could be one thing. But then the fact that she's just like, no, I want to be with you. But if we're together, you can't see anybody else but me. You have to pick monogamy. Yeah. And it felt so manipulative. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and because at the end of the day, the the girlfriend did come back and was like, okay, fine, like, we'll date, but it'll just be monogamy. And clearly that did not work out for them. Mm-hmm. It was very much trying to fit, like, a square into, like, a circle, you know? Yeah, and it wasn't, like, an issue of, like, she was, like, cheating or something like that and couldn't, um like, like commit to the relationship. It was more of, like, mm-hmm. she was trying, but she really didn't enjoy it. She just wasn't happy. It was like she was only getting a part of her. And it was like very obvious by the fact that like the main character kept like picking and prodding and trying to start fights just to get her full attention instead of partial attention. It could have just ended there and the rest of the book could have just been their like, you know, coming to a realization that they're queer and they can get in other queer relationships and other monogamous queer relationships. But it wasn't. <laughs> it was a little bit obsessive. It was. And that's why I felt like a diary entry. Yes. Okay. I wanted to touch on that um, because, again, I was not picking up on the poetry in the slightest. I was going to say I applaud you for even attempting to read this out loud because the entire time I was just the entire time I was reading it, I would forget that this was poetry. And I was like, oh, I'm just reading like like a slice of life or like a diary or like a small, you know, like breakup story, a novel. I'm not a novel. Oh, my God. Not a novel. What is it called? A novella. A novella. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't feel like poetry in the slightest, but I'm honestly not mad at it because clearly I liked the book. I don't know why it's a three. I should just change it to a two. I didn't enjoy this book as much. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. Um, I do want to touch on the um, so the book starts with um, our author kind of um, saying that like being in a relationship is like looking at a mirror and only seeing your partner's reflection. And OK, as someone who gets incredibly and I will be the first to admit it I get so swept up in the relationships I'm in I do tend to lose my I tend to lose a chunk of my identity in that relationship um I 100% understood that metaphor I maybe 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 it's because just a lot of like the topics that were touched on in this book in regards to like self-identity and navigating relationships I just ref- like I I was like oh I feel this I get this it's dating in the modern age and it's incredibly difficult okay (laughs) 
I think it's I think it's also because like we're also at two different stages in our lives. Oh, fiercely. And I think that might also have an effect on our perspective on the book because maybe it's just because like I feel old on the inside I and I've surpassed the, the dating portion of my life that I'm just like get your shit together <laughs> <laughs> no I totally get that I told I was thinking that too when I was reading it I was like oh this is a very modern kind of dating situation and it, it I actually found it so funny that it takes place in both coasts it takes place um, in Brooklyn, so New York. And then a portion of the book also takes place, like whenever she's reflecting about um, being with her ex-boyfriend, um, it takes place in the West Coast. Like, I guess he was like some marine biology. So like Monterey Bay-ish area is at least the vibe I picked up on. And I was like, huh, I am I just, I don't know. I, I really, really, really resonated, I guess is the right term, with the relationship dating aspects the like self identity in a relationship and kind of feeling like if you don't get out of it you might never have your chance to like do these things yeah I don't know I I very much I did enjoy it though but it did very much feel like a diary and it didn't feel like poetry in the slightest and I can totally see why somebody would not like this book I think, okay, this is, like, I understand that it's probably, like, a very personal story for the author. And, like, she clearly had a direction that she wanted this book to go in. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's also partly due to the fact the synopsis was so vague that I couldn't really see that direction from the beginning. And after finishing the book, I see, like, okay, now this is where the author wanted to go. I get her vision. Mm -hmm. But I really wish that this book was, like, it followed the same plot line. But it just touched up more on like less of her personal feelings on the messiness of the relationship and more on just like the experience of entering this community or entering this world and what that looks like and like doing the constant back and forth comparison between like, oh, this is what it's like with a female versus this is what it was like with a male kind of aspect of it. Because she's constantly thinking about her ex-boyfriend and reminiscing on like the stability of it. So like. Yeah, it could have been a commentary not only on like being with a man versus being with a female, but also like being in a monogamous relationship versus being in a poly relationship. So like I wish we had, I guess, like a little bit more of the experience aspects and like meeting also multiple other characters that could have Mm -hmm. had that additional representation. But it wasn't Mm -hmm. that it was more of like just her individual experience with this very messy relationship and just like the feelings and emotions and the obsessiveness with all of that Mm, i totally see that that's actually a really good that would be that would make for a very interesting story um because like you mentioned there's this part there's a part in i think chapter three book three or whatever where um she's talking about picking fights and she's talking about how she picks fights with her girlfriend because that is the only way that her girlfriend would give her attention and the way that the narrator says that the way that she is picking fights is very reminiscent of the way that her ex-boyfriend would pick fights or the way that um, or whenever they're like making up, um, she would do the same things to her new to her girlfriend that her ex-boyfriend would do. I was like, oh, my God, that is so like introspective. And so just like mm, you really are just like clusterfuck of like people and relationships and you're just doing 
we're just out here doing the best we can. You know what? I do take it back because I did actually like that part and I forgot about it. Thank you for reminding me because I did actually notice that. And I was like, oh, this is really nice because it's also kind of like symbolic of the fact that she's becoming the thing that she was trying to get away from. Yeah. So I did like that part. I forgot it happened in the book. Yeah. No, that was my favorite part of the book. I was I was like, this is just so interesting. Like, oh, it's so toxic. But you're also like you're so you're so self-aware and you're so like, you know why you're being this way. and You know why you're doing this way. And the fact that your girlfriend is being comforted by the things that your ex-boyfriend used to do to comfort you is so like gross. It feels gross. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, you know, you learn from different experiences and you learn from different people. Um it's so messy. <laughs> oh my God. So I have I have a couple follow-up questions for you then. Yeah. Okay. So since this is your first like intro into reading poetry and reading like a collection of poetry, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is this like encouraging you like you do want to try some more poetry in the future, like specifically from this author or like other authors? Like how... How has this been as your introduction into poetry? Honestly, because this was so far away from what I would traditionally consider poetry, it does not it does not like um, push me away from it. Um, I love poetry. I've always liked reading poetry. Um, I also this this kind of hit a sweet spot where it was also very much like slice of life. Um, and I very much am into that as well. So yeah, I could totally see myself picking up some more poetry. I definitely would want to do a poetry collection from a bunch of different authors just so I can get like like a sampling, like a sampler appetizer platter, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of see what I like and go from there. But yeah, what about you? So this was definitely like veering out of my comfort zone. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm entering a pool, but I'm sticking like my toe in first to see how the water is. And I've taken my toe back out of the water. Okay, fair enough. I don't think poetry is the right um medium for me um and it's also the same way that i feel in general about um like graphic novels as well it's like i feel like i don't appreciate the artistic aspect of it because i'm in such a hurry to just read the story ah okay and get through like the plot and i'm so i'm just so used to like a novel format and that narrative format that when you add that extra dimension of like an artistic flair to the writing either with poetry or with graphics, I I just don't appreciate it. <laughs> I just don't. Oh, and so I feel like okay. I'm not the target demographic for it. Um, so that being said, I'm not entirely sure if I'll pick up a poetry book in the future, but I'm still learning to appreciate short form, short form storytelling. Okay. Because yeah. before it was just novels and then I've been veering into novellas now and as mm-hmm. well as I'm also veering into short stories and those are already really short for me <laughs> Ooh, okay it takes a certain amount of art and creativity and know-how to fit an entire story comfortably into that short of a page count yes and like it's honestly very hard it's really really hard story. and it it takes yeah. a lot of talent honestly to be able to do that Um, And I think that for me, I'm just so used to, I guess, so many words. Yeah. And like for me, I love tomes. Like I love books that are 500 pages or more because sometimes I'm just like, no, you need like a thousand pages to tell this story. Like, how dare you try to do it in less (laughs) than that? 
that's actually insane um i mean i get that honestly that kind of makes sense though coming from like your background yeah i think with like epic fantasy there's a lot of world building aspect to it where it's like Mm -hmm. you need the Mm -hmm. word count you need the page count you need like Mm -hmm. the slowness of it of moving through all of this plot and and so forth and i just like my books to double as books and weapons for when a burglar uh arrives so they need to be heavy enough to to harm somebody so they have multiple uses <laughs> um i am so used to writing in concise language that i have no problem reading shorter books i i don't know i i i see a value in very much having to very carefully pick specific words that mean what you're trying to say but also can provide room for interpretation which i don't know i guess i need to pick up some more poetry yeah i feel like you would definitely enjoy it more than me and i think you would have a better experience with like a collection of 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 poetry and i think also you would probably jive really well with a collection of short stories too yeah i'm i actually i used to write a little bit of short stories i used to write like little couple pagers now i'm thinking i should go back to doing that but ew the thought of all writing again scares me (laughs) i mean it scares me too they those stories live and die on tumblr (laughs) oh my goodness all right closing thoughts millie this one wasn't for you nope nope this one was not for me um i tried it there we go (laughs) yep (laughs) i was like is she gonna finish that sentence nope okay that's it um on my end if you are into modern dating and kind of understanding um different personalities in modern dating and um you know kind of if you like to fathom um identities um and queer identities um this book might be for you all right. You know, Millie, this has been the year of the short books for us. Yeah, we've just been only reading short books for like five books in a row. And hey, guess what? On next episode, we're reading another novella. But, but, but it's very, it's very, very, very important to note that yes, it is a novella. But Millie, this is also going to be the first series I read since Twilight. Oh my god. <laughs> Say it ain't so. What is it? What are we reading next week? Oh god. Okay, so we are reading A Prayer for the Crown Shy by Becky Chambers. And if that title sounds familiar to you, it's because it's the sequel to A Psalm for the Wild Built that we reviewed just a couple episodes ago. So we decided to not only pick up another book by Becky Chambers, And not only a sequel, but since it's a duology, that means it's our first time reading a completed series on this podcast. That is so exciting. Let it also be known that one of the very big reasons why we picked this book is because after next episode, almost every single episode after that is going to be romance books. So (laughs) we're reading like five back to back romance books because it's going to be the season for them. They're just all coming out around the same time in spring. Um, So we're like, we need to find another short book before we suddenly burst into just like romance back to back. And while we were debating what short book to pick, I was like, why don't we just read the sequel? Because you like the first book so much that we might as well just like finish it off. 
and Millie likes this one better. So that is very exciting. So in two weeks from now, our next episode is going to be A Prayer of the Crown Shy by Becky Chambers. Pick it up at your local library. Check it out. No, check it out at your local library. Pick it up from your local indie bookstore. We do not promote stealing from your local library. We do not promote stealing from your local library. <laughs> That'd be so bad. All right. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to listen to, you know, our other episodes, including, including you know, some Psalm for the Well Built, um, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Pocket Cast. On Spotify specifically, we have a box where you can, you know, drop in some recommendations. What do you think we should read? Should we read another book from Ice Planet Barbarians? No. The answer is no. <laughs> if you recommend it we will check it out um millie where can people find you Woo! um you guys can find me on youtube on my booktube channel into the nook and you guys can also find me on instagram at into the nook realm greta where can they find you you can find me at greta's favorite things all over the internet and i have an announcement to make (gasps) drum roll please i know so exciting I'm going to be streaming on Twitch. That Woo! is coming up. So exciting. Uh, same handle, at Greta's Favorite Things. So if you like, you know, talking, I'll talk about books. But I'm also going to play video games. Because if you didn't know, your girl likes video games. I'm also going to do some art on there. We're going to do some sculpting, some painting. We're going to build some Legos. It's Greta's Favorite Things. And that's the title for a reason. Um, all right. You can also check us out if you want more of Millie and I. We are on TikTok and Instagram and threads at the books we meet in the lib and the books we meet in the library. Whew, that was a lot. We just dropped a lot on you. All right. We will see you, hear from you. You will hear from us in two weeks with A Prayer for the Crown Shy by Becky Chambers. We will talk to you then. Happy reading, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.